It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Great show today. We're going to talk about the possibility of Graham Mertz potentially transferring after this season, why it's maybe not crazy, and what the Badgers would need to do to compensate for that. We're also going to talk about some really interesting quotes from the Jim Leonard press conference yesterday. Um, he's very forthcoming in some of the ways he's looking at this potential job, and I think it's really interesting. We're going to dive into all of that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Thank you for making this one of your first listens every day, your team every single day, and we're here to cover it all. Um, Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. And we got a packed show today, so we're just getting right into it. We got awesome guests, uh, Rajiv and Justin. Uh, yeah, maybe the first time the three of us have done a show together. I'm not sure. I believe so. Rajiv's been a lot thing. of the reaction shows together. But this is on. like our first like kind of Actual non-reaction. sit down, yep. All right, let's see how it goes. Um, we're going to talk about – so, Justin, one of the things you want to talk about, I think it's super interesting, is the possibility that I think is getting glossed over of Graham Mertz potentially – at least having the ability to transfer after this year and the freedom to do that. There was an article from uh, Clint Brewster, 247. He actually released a a quarterback that might transfer after this offseason, and he put Graham Mertz into that list based on the coaching change, based on, you know, maybe he doesn't – we don't really know what the offense is going to look like. Um, I'm going to kick it to you first since you kind of put this in my brain. Where are you at on Graham Mertz potentially transferring after this season? How realistic do you think that might be? Let me preface this by saying I don't think it's going to happen. But there are reasons why I think legitimately we can look at him and say that there is reason to believe that he could could have those thoughts in his head. Um, it's pretty clear that his career at Wisconsin hasn't gone, until this year, hasn't gone the way that he had expected it to go here. Um, I think that we have kind of failed him in a way of putting him in opportunities to be successful in his first several years. And even this year, like you look at it and there's games where we definitely where he's played really well this majority of the season. And we just haven't trusted him in the way that he's earned so far this year. Um, But he is also a guy who I think we look at and he's very aware of his place in NIL and everything else. And he's a guy who is an early adapter to that in, in terms of Wisconsin and really dove in to his himself as a, a company or a corporation, mm-hmm. so to speak. GM and, and he is a guy who I think wants to maximize whatever his potential is, whether that be NFL or corporate or whatever. And I think that legitimately for his sake, after how, what he's been through up to this point, that there is cause for him to say, hey, is this the best situation for me to maximize my viability both to the NFL or just to make money before my college career ends. Um, I I think that a lot will depend on how the remainder of this year goes. Mm -hmm. If he has a really great year with us, there's two things. Number one, who's going to come calling if that's the case. We both know, and neither, none of us are oblivious to the fact that let's be honest, there's tampering going on in college football, a ton of it behind the scenes. 
and there will be people that will offer him things if he if he truly wants it. Now, if it's a money thing, I think Wisconsin is in a good place with who we are to offer back on that. But a lot of it will come down to situation. Rajiv, where are you at on this one? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's it's funny. We have four games left in the season, and there's so much going on in those last four games, right? And we have to talk about the coach. We have to talk about Graham Mertz. But I think Justin kind of set it up right. I mean, what happens in these next four games means a lot to him as well as our future with him or without him. If if we continue to play like we have been, if we continue to kind of unleash the offense and Ingram throws in different kinds of wrinkles and, and, and he can get his numbers up, I think it's really going to be about what vision he sees from Jim Leonard. Now, we don't know what that vision is yet. We don't know if it includes Bobby Ingram or not. But obviously those discussions are happening. I know we're going to get into a little bit of Jim Leonard's press conference later. And, and I think that he, those discussions are happening right now. And I feel like he – I'm guessing he already knows. And I also don't think he's going anywhere because mm-hmm. I think he sees what Jim Leonard is doing. He's kind of changing the culture a little bit. He wants to make positive changes. They, look, if Paul Christ was our coach all year, you know, maybe we finished six and six or five and seven or whatever the case is, I think he does go. And I think there's a much higher chance of that happening. Mm-hmm. But now we really don't know what this offense is going to look like. And I think he knows in his head, like, I know what I want it to be. And I know where I want to play and what, like, like Justin said, he cares a lot about the NIL and, and what, and what that, how that impacts him. But I think it's going to be about, you know, the discussions that are happening, what Engram thinks it's going to be, what Leonard wants. And if those two are on the same page, if if Leonard is like, look, this is what I want it to be, and Mertz is on that same page, I think Mertz is going to stay because where is he really going to – people are going to come calling, but he knows he's the starter next year, guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. We know that for a fact. So he goes anywhere else, he's going to have to compete, whether that's a lower school, whether it's another Big Ten school, whether it's an ACC school, whatever the case may be, he's going to have to compete. And we've seen time and time again that people in the transfer portal, they'll go somewhere and they realize, look, I'm not going to end up getting the playing time that I expected. Mm -hmm. And so I think that also is going to play a lot into his thinking is, you know, he knows he's got guaranteed playing time. If the offense is going to look the way that he wants it to look, where he thinks he could be the most successful. Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the interesting things for me, um, and I would agree, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I actually think the possibility is a little higher than I think people give it credence to. And where it could get interesting is if, uh, let's say Jim Leonard doesn't stick with Bobby Ingram, right? Let's say he decides he wants to go in a different direction, which I don't think is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. You know, if in that case, Graham Mertz is going to be left with a decision of no matter what, I have to learn a new offense. I have to play under a new offensive coordinator again. I'm going to have a new offense or quarterbacks coach again, right? In that case, I don't know if that inherent advantage at Wisconsin is there because I don't think he's transferring anywhere unless he knows he's going to be the starter probably. I think you're correct. He has to adjust new teammates, new schemes, but he may have to do that anyway if a new offensive coordinator comes in, which I I think that's where all bets go off. So out of curiosity, say say he blows it up the rest of this year. Mertz finishes with borderline 30 touchdown passes. We, I think we'd all I think all three of us would feel really good about how the offense sets up for next year. Offensive line should should have a year of development under their belt. Running backs should be great. We should have wide receivers have been a revelation so far this year. Mm-hmm. What if say a team like Georgia comes calling? We can get you for one year. We don't have anybody we feel super strong about that, you know, you're in a somewhat similar offense to what we're already doing. You know that there's there's something to be said for a team like that 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 I think Stetson Bennett's probably gone after this year. 
I don't think it's likely, but that's that's a situation where that's a type of team where that's almost an offer you can't refuse. And it kind of plays into the marketing element that you brought up as far as the GM5 thing. But again, I just kind of go back to you go to a school like Georgia. What guarantee do you have playing time? And I mean, obviously, Cone, when he went to Notre Dame, he had great playing time. He started there. But, you know, that wasn't even a, a complete guarantee. And I just feel like that's a really big risk for mm-hmm. your, you know, for your last year of eligibility. And, and I don't know that he's willing to take that given the fact that we know how much he cares about his image and his brand and future NFL prospects. So I, you know, it's, I, I, I think it would, obviously it's going to be enticing. And if those mm-hmm. guys come calling or if any big schools like that come calling, it's going to be hard for him not to go, but you know, it's, it's kind of the, the, the certainty of what you know and where you're going to play mm-hmm that I think we'll we'll kind of edge that and, and leave him at Wisconsin. So I think we're all kind of on the same page thinking he'll stay. Um, it is scary to look at the depth chart if he were to potentially go. Like Wisconsin would obviously also probably dip into the transfer portal at that point. But you're not, listen, you're, you're not bringing in. There's not that many elite, elite quarterbacks that enter the transfer portal every year. And quite frankly, Graham Mertz, right now he's trending top 20 statistically in the country. If you look at passing rating, completion percentage. A lot of those guys above him are leaving next year. Like mm-hmm. he's going to come back next year as a top 10, top 15-ish quarterback in college football, mm-hmm. right? So there's going to be blue blood schools. You mentioned Georgia, but name your blue blood school. If they have a quarterback issue, I mean, they could be interested. Um, what, the, the other thing I would add – Oh, go ahead. Sorry, the other thing I want to add to this is <clears throat> any school that's going to come calling – He's got some good. He's got some good film, but he also has some not so good film. He's mm-hmm. got turnovers. He has a lot of issues. You know, he's got holding the ball too long and not being able to escape the pocket, not really having the best feel in the pocket. There's a lot of things that that he has to overcome if he's going to go to another school too. So there's that factor as well. There's there's a lot of not so good tape on that guy. If provided there's not a huge overhaul in the offense, if we stay with something similar and he shows out the rest of this year it's going to be hard pressed to find even at a top school that's going to be set up for success as much as next year as we would be, because you're going to have two starting wide receivers who I think are both NFL guys. I I feel pretty confident DK will end up there. And I feel pretty confident that with a couple more years under his belt, that that we'll see the same from, uh, from our boy. That's Rasheed's guy right there. Love Skylar Bell. Bell. Yeah. But I I think the line is young. The offensive line is setting up to be very good next year. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's, and then you have Braylon Allen in the backfield. So if you're going to, if you run this offense the right way, he's going to be set up with a ton of NFL talent around him and be, be good set up. I mean, this is legitimately, if everything, now this is a lot of hyperbole, but if, if things play out the way they could and are somewhat setting up for, it could be, the best offense we've seen since 2011. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think you're dead, dead on though, right? I think you need obviously you need a lot needs to, to go back. right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the, offensive line, right. the offensive line needs to take a yeah sizable leap. Well, and a lot needs to go, right. and I think yeah. that's obviously the offensive line is such a big question mark based on yeah. what we've seen this year. That is a that it, and that it is has a, it's a big bold better, statement, but it's but yeah. not. It's we're a long way from elite yet. Well, let's Absolutely. let's end on that because um, we got we got to get into Jim Leonard's comments too. I would also add having some tight ends stay healthy for a year would be uh, <laughs> beneficial <laughs> to to reaching the offensive ceiling. That pace that place Riley Mallman next year. Uh, jumbo, jumbo tight, tight end. end. He's gonna have 15 catches. Just he's just gonna be a red zone threat, right? With yeah. his frame, he's just gonna Six box eight, people box out at the five yard line. 
Um, coming up, we're going to get into some Jim Leonard quotes, some comments I really want to discuss as a group. Some really interesting things he's been saying at press conference, uh, press conferences, specifically this last one about the direction of the program. So we're going to get into that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn, um, these days, as you're making hires, every new hire feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. And frankly, as a small business, you can't afford to miss on hiring people. It's hard to hire them. It's hard to fire them. You have to hire quality people. You have to be 100% certain you're accessing the best pool of qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's something I've used. It's something my company uses to find um, new candidates, new hires, simple tools, screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills. No more jabronis coming through the door who have no business being there. The right people at the right time for the right job. That's what LinkedIn's all about. That's why small businesses continue to rate LinkedIn Jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every day. When you're done here, go check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes, local experts and insight only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today, today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to continue this conversation, uh, get our fine gentlemen squires back on the show. And let's talk about um, Jim Leonard. This is something that I found really interesting. Uh, Tom, who Tom Nieses, who comments on the show a lot, wanted us to talk about this as well, get our take on this. So, um, Tom, we're here for you as always. We read the comments, try to get your takes on this stuff. I want to throw a couple of Jim Leonard's quotes from this latest press conference out, and I just want you guys to react to them because I think some of this stuff's really interesting. Here's the first one. I know I'm capable. I would be very excited for this opportunity. Start with Rajiv. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know, and and listen, I mean, I I watched that press conference, and I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. But, you know, he – I feel like the way he's kind of setting this up is, you know, I I, kind of think – He's not trying to get this job. He's saying this is my job. This is the way that he's kind of, he's setting this up, the way he's talking, the things that he's, the things he's talking about. Of course he has the ability. I mean, we've seen that. Look at his defense the last few years. He has that and he knows that. And I, I just feel like, you know, he's, he's kind of like being a little more humble. He's not just coming out and saying anything big, but he's, he's making slow changes, deliberate Mm -hmm. changes. And he is, he's kind of carrying a swagger, a swagger that, that we did not see with Paul Christ and the swagger that we all wanted to see with him. And I just kind of feel like quote, just little quotes like that. It's like, look, this is his job. It's not, I'm, I'm auditioning for it. It already is there. And that's, that's one of the first things I notice about that, that press conference. Leonard is a guy who has been successful at probably just about everything he's ever done in life. And he's a guy who will grind and do whatever he has to and claw and scratch and do whatever to get it done the way to accomplish whatever he wants to. And he's, he's also extremely intelligent. I would say, I don't think it's lost on any of us that he's probably the most intelligent coach that he's 
we've had during my lifetime. Um, just the way he carries himself and the way he kind of analyzes things and looks at it. Like you listen to the guy talk and he he seems very, you know, thoughtful in everything that he says in his his interviews. Um, I would be shocked if it's not him. Mm-hmm. I think that he really has to stub his toe the rest of the season and show a level of incompetence in his coaching that, that makes us say, we can't trust you. And he's not going to do that. No, he's not. No, he's, he's too too intelligent, too, yeah. too organized and deliberate for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I like Rajiv's point too. Uh, you, you made the, the point that he's talking like, you know, he, this is, it is his job. Yeah. And he's almost, I don't want to invoke LeVar Ball on this show too much, but he's almost speaking it into existence. Like, this is yeah. what we're going to do. This is things we need to clean up. Uh, and with and, that, I, I just want to get into the next quote here. And then I want to kick it back to you because I want your take on something specifically you mentioned. Um, he said a lot of the changes would need to happen that are really, or a lot of the big changes would have to happen um, in the offseason. The big ones are really coming after the season if I get this job. And I want to kick it back to you and also talk to you about a little bit about the tactics and playing smarter that you had mentioned earlier about this press conference. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and he said that he said as part of next year, he he needs to make updates, but not necessarily reinvent the wheel. And I feel like, look, it's it's about Chris McIntosh knows the direction that he wants the program to go to. And I feel like Jim Leonard is saying, look, I've got this. Like, I know what the what the issues were when Paul Christ was here and I'm going to make those changes. And he's not necessarily calling them out specifically saying that, like, this is exactly what we need to do. He mentions a lot about, you know culture and stuff like that. But, you know, specifically that, that comment about tactics, I really liked that. I thought that, you know, he was saying, look, it's not always just about working harder than the guy in front of you. It's about playing smarter. Like, you know, this is at this level, it's not just about like when these guys are in high school, they play harder than the guy in front of them. They're, they're winning. They're, there's no question they're winning that battle. But now it's about you have to understand what the other team's doing. You have to understand how to actually play against these guys, how to get the proper leverage, how to make the right tackle, how to actually read the read the defense. And then once you've got that edge, I think that the quote was once you're once you've got them, then you then it's about, you know, working harder than the guy in front of you. And he's changing the mentality. He's, I mean, look, all those things we talked about with Chris that were annoying to us and the things that, you know, he's changing it. He's seeing a different thing Mm -hmm. and he's putting it out there for Chris McIntosh to say, look, I know what the changes are needed and I'm going to implement those one by one. And yeah, I mean, he's doing exactly what he needs to do to get this job. And I feel like he's going about it the right way, you know, and that's one thing that I really like. And I, I, one other comment I'd make about that is, you know, how many times have we watched a Paul Christ press conference or an interview after a game where he's not necessarily giving upfront straight answers? He's not he's not really like talking about what the questions are. And I feel like Jim Leonard is out there. He's answering him. You know, he's he was asked multiple times about the future of the program and he's 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 open about it. He's saying, look, I just want to be open about it. I want to talk about it. And he really brings up urgency a lot, too, which is another thing mm-hmm. that I think you know, Chris McIntosh wants to see, he brought it up multiple times uh, yesterday. He said, you know, urgency for the next four games. It's all about the urgency. It's it's about setting up the rest of the season, not just for the next four games, but for the next several years. Yeah. The biggest thing that I see with it is, is that the, the, my biggest struggle with Paul Christ is the fact that he said nothing made me question whether he was aware there were issues. And that's why I was always so angry when when he wouldn't say anything, especially when we started playing poorly. It's fine when you're playing well, but when you're not playing well, 
are you, do you see what the problems are? Mm-hmm. Can you acknowledge that there's an issue here? And that's what we're seeing from Leonard. That's, that's really impressive is the, the, or the, the awareness that he seems to show that listen, Wisconsin has kind of skated by because the defense has been so good for the last seven years or so. We are more talented than almost every team we play on the offensive side of the ball too. We're just not proving it in a lot of years. And are we were we good enough to be scoring 40 points a game? Probably not. But we were definitely good enough to be in the mid 30s. Like there's there some of that was aggressiveness and scheme and, and whatnot. But we should we should have been more dominant on offense than we've been. And I mm-hmm. the, I think what we're seeing here is that he acknowledges the fact that listen, what we've been doing isn't good enough. We need to we need to do it to be as good as we can be at everything. And they can't just be physical domination. We've also got to have the schematic edge. We've got to have it in every way possible because there's going to be games where the other team comes in like a house of fire and is ready to play where maybe, maybe scheme is what wins that game for us. You know, we make a couple of smart plays that carry us. And we've seen that in the past. Most of Wisconsin's biggest losses against teams that beat us that are better than us are a couple of boneheaded plays we make in that game that just decide the game that break a couple of big plays for the other team. Well, I've, I've always said too, or I shouldn't say always, but the last couple of years I've said, it felt like when we're playing the Ohio States, um, when we're playing the elite teams, not only are we out talented, but we are out schemed. Yeah. And it felt like Paul Chris started. And I think you could tell from the, I don't think he meant it this way, but Paul Chris had that um, antidote or somebody mentioned it in the Illinois game at halftime. He said, he told the players, draw an effing line in the sand. And it's almost like that's all Paul Chris at the end was getting to just play harder, draw a line in the sand. And there was no, well, maybe we should spread it out a little bit more, pass them first down. It, it's like we were just beating our heads into the dirt and you need, we need to be more innovative. And I think, I think Jim Leonard from these comments saw those same things we mm-hmm. did and he was frustrated about it. And he's saying, we can fix this. Well, we've watched or we've heard practice reports for like the last three years talking about how much the defense is absolutely dominating the offense in practice. It got a little bit better this year leading into it, which it shows on the field, but it was clear. Like they, they had no problem whatsoever in, in any level of deception or anything that they were seeing from our offense. Yep. And, and I think that that's a big thing. Like I, we should, we're going to hear that the defense is better heading into next year, regardless, but you should also hear that the offense is winning on certain days. And that's what we're, I think we're all looking for. The, the, the defense was always playing smarter because, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Leonard was coaching it and now it's got to trickle down to the entire rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just have to bring, we have to, and it's just like Jim Leonard said, there's little things. And here's the next quote. Oh, we might finish on this quote here. He said, um, you know, this place has always been about culture. It's been about the players, but we let some things slip a little bit, just a little bit of gray. We want to eliminate that in every capacity. I have thoughts on what we can do better. Number one, on the player development side. I think that's really important. He says, number one, on the player development side, put a lot of resources into that. Uh, Justin, it looks like you want to jump in here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things to take away from that. I I wonder if this is kind of a, the type of kids that we were recruiting in the last few cycles was, was potentially we've, we've let our standards slide a little bit there and reached for stars. This could be like a, a somewhat backhanded compliment about Saeed Khalif on the way out in terms of slippage 
It could also be like you're talking about that we just are not holding kids to the standards that previously we would. Guys were mm-hmm. being allowed to make mistakes and not paying for it in games and stuff like that when it was clear that those players needed to be held accountable. And I think we would definitely agree with that. Like there were players who would make massive mistakes and we'd be like, put somebody else out there, give an opportunity. Maybe they, maybe they surprise you. Mm -hmm. I I loved this comment. I thought it was great because I feel like, you know, we've had a pretty tumultuous season by our standards. And I feel like he's establishing a new narrative now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked, I mean, it, we know the history of Wisconsin football and how we're a three-star, get them, develop them, make them great, turn them into NFL talent. We've done that time and time again. And I think it's more of the the second thing that Justin mentioned. And I think it's just, it's it's about making these guys, hold them, holding them accountable and developing them better. They should be better. They need to develop better. They're not, they come in here and they're going to continuously improve throughout their college career. And we have not seen that. And that's why you've seen the wins start to slip. And that's why you've seen the offense start to slip. So he's really kind of going back to, you know, the original, the Barry Alvarez kind of plan of, like, look, we are a program that has a lot of history. We bring in good talent. We don't bring in a bunch of five-star guys. We bring in three-star guys, and we develop them. We teach them our way. We we make them adapt to our system, and we adapt our system to them in some cases. And I feel like he's saying all the right things. And and mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just lip service. He means it. And that's why I'm really pumped about this because I just feel like, you know, he's establishing that narrative. He's setting us up for for good future years. To, to know that, look, we are going to get back to that Wisconsin way of developing players, but not necessarily the Wisconsin play calling. I mean, he kind of, he, he's, he's hinting at the fact that he wants to make other changes. And so now we can get the best of both worlds. Not only are we getting that, that player development that we love and that culture of Wisconsin football, but also that innovation and new thinking a little bit. And you can kind of see those little hints that he's making in his press conferences and, I, I just think it sets up for a really exciting future that we have. And I mean, I'm all about Jim Leonard right now. I just, and I know I'm, I'm maybe overplaying a little bit, but he's just, he's exciting me because he's saying the right things, but he means it and he's showing it. It's, I, no, it's, I love that really quick. I, I love just the optimism. I love it. Like, cause he's selling the fan base, right? That's listen, part of being a head coach I'll just be straight up, but, but part of being a head coach is instilling belief. It's, it, yeah. it, it's not just in us. If he's instilling belief here, you, Darn better believe he's doing it in the locker room. Like the fact that we haven't had transfers, we haven't had decommitments. Like the locker room is also buying into the same things we're seeing. He's not, he's not phony. He's not feeding us one message and saying something different to the players. So um, I love the optimism regime because I'm right there with you. So I want to say this, because I think this is to to build on what you said is a big part of what, and I, what I think is actually the, the underlying truth here. I think what he's saying is that we're, we're, we're going to be a meritocracy because I'm wondering if he's saying that there was some, we let some things go because of, of seniority and guys who were necessarily making gains were not necessarily given the opportunity. And we are going to play the guys who deserve to be on the field. And maybe that's what he's saying is you're not going to be allowed to rest on your laurels and get away with, with holding a spot anymore. You're going to have to prove it and earn it if you wanted to be out on the field. Yeah, and I would add one more thing to that, and I think this kind of piggybacks on what you said, Ryan, on yesterday's show. You were talking about how you know what Austin Alexander stuff, the LaCruz stuff, what that means uh, in the in, you know for the program. And I thought that was a really key point because I think what he's doing is he's establishing stability. He's mm-hmm. doing that right now, and he's saying that, and he's you know he's 
he's kind of the reason that we haven't had those, those decommits. We haven't had a lot of people going to the transfer portal is because I think everyone in that locker room knows what's coming next year, including Graham Mertz and including all those guys, because he is, he's changing that culture entirely and he's doing it very deliberately. He's doing it exactly the way that I think the fans want to see it. And yeah, he's, he's establishing a new normal and it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think he's exceeded all expectations since taking over the interim spot. Uh, we got to finish up there because I do want to. We're going to talk a little basketball too. Um, basketball season is fast approaching. We do have to take a quick break uh, to hear from our friends at Bet Online. But first, we are going to talk about what are we most excited about for this upcoming basketball season? Is it a new player, returning players? Um, there's a lot of questions here. I'm excited. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. All your sports news as well. They have you covered from basketball, baseball, hockey, esports, racing, golf. I mean, everything that you could bet on, everything you're interested in as a sports fan, you can find it at Bet Online. News, newsletters, betting odds, live in-game betting, <clears throat> futures betting. Uh, basketball is about to start college. If you have a feel for who's going to win the Big Ten, it's a great time to get into Bet Online. Make some futures bets. Have some fun with it. Do it responsibly. Uh, but NBA is going on. If you have a feel for the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, Giannis is the best player in in the entire world right now. He's incredible. If you feel like the Bucks are going to take it, it's a great time with some futures betting to do that. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, I want to bring everybody back in here. We're going to talk basketball, uh, jump right into it. Uh, I do want to thank everybody who's listening, everybody who comments on the show. We continue to build this thing. Uh, it's really a reflection of the people like Rajiv and Justin that come on the show. We have awesome, awesome guests that always make us smarter. So uh, both of you guys really do appreciate it, as always. Both of you guys, every time we do a show with any of you, comments on YouTube always say, more Justin, more Rajiv. So we'll keep doing it for sure. Uh, let's talk basketball. Um, what is the biggest thing you're excited to see as the season kicks off? What are you most interested to see? Biggest thing? Let's let's start, Justin. Let's kick it to you. You you already know what my answer is. Connor Asijian. Buckets. <laughs> yep. Get buckets. Uh, listen, I've watched the majority of everything that's come out so far, and what I will say is that kid's got some swagger, and he is going to be a problem for the Big Ten before his careers. If you know, I'll say this. You know, provided there's no injuries and stuff like that, that kid can play. He can flat out shoot the basketball. And he has no fear of putting it up. And that's what I will say is the biggest difference between him and the bulk of the players. You have guys that are going up with shots on the team that look like they're second-guessing it a little bit. Should I be putting this shot up? He has absolutely no fear at all about putting the ball up the second he gets it. And he is a very, very efficient player. And what I mean by that, he's not a guy who holds on to the basketball. He does something with it, either passes the ball or he puts up a shot. So mm-hmm. he's he's kind of like, not that he's this type of player, but he plays the game similarly to like someone like Clay Thompson, where you're not going to see him dribble the ball to death. He's going to get the ball. It's going to be in his hands. He's either going to put up the ball or he's <laughs> he's getting rid of it. He's just not a guy who's going to be a ball stopper at all. 
You know, I love every year when the prognosticators say that we're going to finish ninth or 10th or 11th in the Big Ten because we we never do. And I am so excited to see. Exactly. I'm really excited to see who's going to be the next guy that really steps up. And we saw the development that Johnny Davis had last year. And yeah, you could expect that, you know, obviously we we expect Chucky Hepburn to play a much bigger role this year. He's going to probably increase his points, hopefully to 13, 14 a game. We know that Tyler Wall is going to be a huge part of the offense. We know that Stephen Curl is going to be a big part. Who's going to be next? And, and you know, I'm really excited to see what Jordan Davis can bring to the table if he gets more playing time because, you know, we know that he came on last year to shoot. He didn't make a lot of those. He had, he had some a, a low percentage, but he's got skills, and I think that, that he can do a lot. But I, I want to see a higher field goal percentage. We struggled with that last year from the three-point line, inside the three-point line. And obviously with a guy like Klesmit coming in, we should have those numbers going up. Um, I am also excited about a CG, and I just don't know how much playing time he's going to get and whether he, he's going to be able to get into that likely seven- to eight-man rotation that we'll probably end up with at some point. I hope he does. And, you know, I mean, I'm assuming you guys think he's going to be backing up uh, Kles mid at the two potentially, but I, I, I feel he's going like... to play time at the two and the three. Yeah. They, they played I mean... him. I watched the scrimmage and he was playing some time at the three. They had him out there with Chucky and Klesman at the same time. So that actually gets into what I'm most interested about is the rotation. I, yeah. That So part of me is also like, I, I'm a, I, lo- I love new toys, right? Um, so I'm interested to see the new players like Kamari McGee I'm interested in. Uh, Max Klesman I'm interested in. Uh, Marcus Silver, I'm very interested to see. He's not a new player, but he really didn't play last year. I'm very interested to see what kind of role he can uh, progress into. But mostly, I have no idea how some of this rotation is going to pan out. Like, we know the mainstays. You know, we know the three the three horsemen. Uh, we know Klesman's going to play a ton. We know um, Davis is going to play a ton. But on those fringes, right, like how many minutes is Carter Gilmore going to get? How about Hodges? How about a CGN? How about Kamari McGee? Do they play Kamari McGee with um, – peppered at all and do kind of a two-point guard look. I don't think they will, but I'm interested. Mm. I just want to see the lineups and the, how the rotation plays out. I mean, how many how many people do you guys think – how deep is our rotation really going to be? Do you feel like eight? I mean, and if, if so, who are the three that, that are going to be coming in? Because I, there I, are a lot of options. I think I it's going to be more be at the beginning of the year. I think at the beginning of the year. But I think even, even during the season – It'll probably go eight or nine, but I think it's going to rotate depending upon situations. The, the guys who I think that are going to play for sure, a CG and I think will actually play a fair amount. I think you will see uh, – it appears they like Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say – Kamar McGee's going to play. Kamar McGee will play. Yep. Uh, Klesman will probably play some some point a little bit too, it looks like. Um, I don't know how he'll do against a team that can bring ball pressure, but that'll be interesting to see. That's when we'll um, get Hepburn to back off the bench. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'll put myself all the way out there. CGN is going to be too good of a scorer to, to not put out on the court. Because I think there'll be games where he'll have a two or three minute spurt where we'll be like, he's got seven points because he's just, he could shoot like that. And, and there's, he's not afraid to put it up. Well, let me not this. having that fear has a lot of value. Mm-hmm. It does. You, you know, being able to to pull up and not be afraid that's a big that's a big plus for us. And I and, and listen, being I a just, plus, I hope plus you're shooter right, too. Being a plus yeah. plus shooter is a big deal. We've I hope you're right, Justin. I, I would I would love to see a CG in play. I, I really hope he does. I there are you know there are a lot of people out there. Obviously, McGee's going to play. Gilmore's going to play, and mm-hmm, I don't yeah. know if you guys think Hodges is going to play, but I, I don't know you know how much he's going to get. He's going to be situated. I think he'll be very situational this year. Um, he was not uh, bad in the scrimmage, be. but 
he's 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 a guy who needs a little refinement yet. Like he's mm-hmm. he's not ultra coordinated in the post, and I don't think he has the size to get away with that. So and if we, like, and if we get into foul trouble, obviously you know on the, on I think he'll bids, be fine defensively. I don't think I'm not super comfortable with him out there offensively against a team that's saying has like a six ten guy. Well, keep in mind too, and then we got to kind of wrap it up here. Uh, this show's getting a little long. We we almost need to do a full basketball show between all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, we will do that actually. I shouldn't say we almost need to. We will absolutely do that. Um, I do want to start to kind of wrap this one up, but I'll leave you with this. Let's let's answer this question, Justin. Since we brought it up, Rajiv, since you talked about it. Uh, over under minutes for Isigian this year. Let's go 12. On average? Yep, for the season. Let's go 12 minutes per game. So by by reference, last year, Carter Gilmore was around 10. Our Lauren Bowman, before he left the program and was playing regularly, was around 11. I'm, I'm going over. I actually think it could be significantly over. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm high enough on him that I think he could be pushing to start by the end of the season. I think he's that kind of scorer. Okay. I, I really hope you're he's right. Got, I, he's got me, some Brad Davison... Type I love the hot ability. take, and I love yeah. I love. We are a Connor Asijian, uh truther on this podcast. We've been on that hype train <laughs> since way before all these other people are, are boarding. Like since he was literally verbal. So I love the hype. I think he'll be under twelve, though. I think he'll be around yeah. nine to ten. Yeah, I'll, I'll I take, also I'll agree. take it if he's not <laughs> to be to be the contrarian. Yes, I think he's going to be under. But I listen. I really hope you're right. But I just feel like it's a new level. You're playing in the Big Ten. We don't know what what he's really going to be able to do, but it, listen, if he if he pulls the trigger, if he's not afraid to shoot, and if he can put in the back in the bottom of the net, he's going to get playing time, um, mm-hmm. depending on how the others are playing and depending on matchups. But I'm going to go under as well. But I really hope I'm wrong. I absolutely hope I'm wrong. All right, guys, so we're going to wrap it there. We'll have tons more basketball content coming up for everybody listening. I uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, making Lockdown Badgers one of your first listens. Uh, Rajiv, Justin, as always, appreciate your time so much. Uh, we are smarter because you guys are jump on the show. I always say that and I always mean it. And people always jab me like, why did you do a show alone? Was What was Rajiv doing? Did you text Justin? What about John? Can you like, so we try to get people, uh, smart people on all the time. Really do appreciate everybody listening. When you're done here, go check out um, Locked on Sports Today, all the biggest stories, all the biggest scores, uh, news of the day on the Locked on Sports Today app on the Locked on Network. Um, with that on Wisconsin, and we'll keep talking football, basketball, ton of stuff going on. So we'll keep uh, the, the pedal to the metal. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.